You know what time it is? Do you know what time it is, Jackson? I just feel like I need to start using music more. And this is how we're hopping into the show. Nope. Welcome to the NBA show, guys. As we lower the music down till it's non-existent. And here we are after a great week. We'll, we'll talk about 10 players you need to know about this NBA season. <laughs> we'll talk about Josh Primo. Jerry, very lightly, the man just got $8.4 million just to expose himself. And I also regrettably tweeted something that got out of hand, and I have been punished for it all over Twitter for the past weekend. Anytime I tweet something, people are like, you're this guy, aren't you? And I'm like, yes, I'm are you serious. Yeah, dude, I've had it multiple. Even on Kevin Schoenard's tweet, I tweeted at Kevin Schoenard, like responded, and then some guy said, "Aren't you the one who said Josh Primo?" And I was just like, "Oh, glad I deleted that." Yeah, you're not in the. <laughs> I need to find better sources. Yeah, I got caught in the crosshairs. <laughs> also, we just learned that our man, the the player for. The Philadelphia seven what not player. The Philadelphia 76ers just lost two second round picks for Daniel House and PJ Tucker's tampering. No tampering for James Harden, though. I did want to say this though. Can they explain how the investigation works? Because the investigation, do they subpoena? Do they go through the phone logs? Do they you know how do they figure this out? I don't fucking clue. Because my question is, they're not they're not a court of law, so they can't subpoena them. So are they just being like, we're confiscating your phones, your emails? Or do they just go through Daryl Morey's call logs and text messages and go like, oh, you just, we saw you hit up Daniel House and PJ Tucker. They definitely check some type of log. You, you get what I'm saying? Yo, I would just like to know how it works. Anthony Beltran out here. Halloween in New York City. We got the king of New York in the chat. I'm not talking about Jay Critch or Milo. What's up, AB? Hope you're doing well, man. All right. So let's get into a few things. And you got a you got a shaven beard. Me, yeah, because I was Paul Walker for Halloween. And I wore a wig. That's sick, huh? Yeah, isn't that sick? Dude, I kept saying that. I was like, what up, cuh? And people were like, I, I don't get it. I'm like, you got a problem with me, cuh? I'm going to hop in my six-second car, cuh. It's a GTR Skyline, cuh. And people were just like, no idea. They're like, you look like Sugar Ray. I was just like, all right. Who the hell is Sugar Ray? I don't know. So some singer or band? Hmm. You're telling me. I don't know. Yeah, nothing on amp here. So... We're about to go live. I'm about to send you the link for our phone. Don't I just like click it and yeah. you just join? Just have your phone's volume lowered. But testing the speakers, the stream yard sounds like it's working. All right, enable call in. Oh, there we go. There we go. And no stay. Are you in? Mic check. Mic check. Yes. I got you right here. I'm. Sending you it right now. Let's hop into I'm the show. I'm already in it. You are? Yeah. Oh, uh, let me unmute yourself. Oh, yeah, you're right. Let's go and let's talk about the first thing I wanted to talk about tonight. And Roquan Smith trade. Dude, how upset were you? I'm a Packers fan, so I don't give a shit. Oh, yeah, I <laughs> forgot. You're you're a fake Chicago. If anything, I'm excited. You, you fake like Chicago. 
So right now we're going to start off today's episode with the 10 players you need to know about. Shout out John Hollinger of The Athletic. The players are Bull Bull, Jock Landell, Nick Richards, Benedict Matherin, Dennis Smith Jr., Santi Alama, Jalen Noel, Devin Vassell, Terrence Davis, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Oh, cool. So we'll go through this and we'll give our little take on each one. Shout out John Hollinger for the information. Should should be useful. And yeah, let's get right into it. I think it's definitely something interesting. Let's talk about the the man himself, Jacques Landell. What do you think of Jacques Landell and what he started? He's literally a combination of Bismack Biombo and Darius Saric. Like, like doesn't have old, you know, like just all around. Yeah, he's cool. I don't know too much about him, so. <sighs> All right, so Jock Landell is a guy who played for the St. Mary Gales, and he went over to the NBL, was like the best player in the NBL, and he just dominated in the in any international play, which put him on NBA teams' radars, and that led to people, you know, giving him an opportunity in the NBA, which was the Spurs. But then I, he had some moments with the Spurs, but he was buried in the depth chart behind Jakob Pertl and Zach Collins. So he only had like one or two good games that were worth noting. So then he was traded for as a throw in. They actually had to adjust his contract. He was a throw in in the DeJounte Murray trade to get the money to work. And then the Hawks didn't really care for him. They traded him for the minimum cast consideration, which is $110,000. And now this man, Jacques Landell, and we've always joked around me and my friend, he, the boomer. We wish his name was actually Yock Landell. Yock. Imagine if instead of Jock, Yock. Yock. I call him Yock. 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 But no. So Jock Landell. And he's a guy, you know, not an elite rim protector, but he's good enough at drop coverage that he can protect the rim, you know, six, seven out of the ten, six out of the seven, you know, six or seven out of ten times. You got a guy who can stretch the floor, and he's struggling right now to shoot the three, but the three is one of his best parts of his game. He shows the ability to facilitate. He's the guy who's always getting the hockey assists, and they actually run their offense through Jock Landell. He's he's got he's not as good as an offensive player as Dario Saric is, but he's way better of an offensive player than Bismack Biombo. But he's not as elite as a rebounder, or no, I'm not elite, but as good as a rebounder, or rim protector that Bismack Biombo. But he's way better than Dario Sarge. So he's kind of this influx. That's why we, we thought Dario Sarge was going to play this huge part for this team. But Dario Sarge and Jock and Bismack all were competing for this backup role, and Jock won out because he's the he has that all around skill set that he can facilitate, he can score. He, basically, the guys averaging I think like per 100 possessions, 30 points and 17 rebounds. Why is Shaden Sharp not on the players to watch? Because it's not rookies. Oh, wait, there's Benedict Matherin. It's just Shaden Sharp. I, I don't know. Let's move on to the next one. Fuck you. We'll talk about it in a sec. Nick Richards. I've talked about Nick Richards. I've said it. Oh, I'm sorry, baby. Nick Richards has been phenomenal. He's been a guy that people forgot that he went to Kentucky, played a few years. And I've said it before on this show. They've got this great rotation of Mason Plumley and Nick Richards. It's actually Nick Richards has played so well that they've actually had to have Mark Williams play garbage time mainly. So are and Yuri has multiple double doubles. He leads the team in PER and he's at he's shooting 71.4% from the field and has a monstrous 20.2 offensive rebound rate, zero turnovers, I believe, still, or he might only have one or two. And 
playing 24 minutes off the bench. It's ridiculous. He's been phenomenal. He grabs boards, putbacks. His game is simple, but it's so simple that it, it, it's efficient as hell. And he moves really well. And he's a guy who could even step out in front of some power forwards. And now he's, he's had multiple double-doubles. So it's awesome. I love Nick Richards. You've seen him? Yeah, Jamaica. He's averaging oh. more offensive rebounds than defensive rebounds. Right That's now. insane. Yeah. That's insane. So Ooh, see, it's time to get rid of Plumlee. You know, I've been tooting that horn for a while now. It's my girlfriend's of... favorite player. Don't get rid of Mason so, Plumlee. Like, it's her favorite cool player. player. But, like, don't get rid of Plumlee. My girlfriend loves him. But Plumlee's also been great. He's averaging, like, five assists a game, like, seven rebounds and eight or nine points. Like, Plumlee's been solid. The Richards Plumlee line, it's been – like, dude, any team – any championship contending team that needs a backup center or a center by committee would love Plumlee on the roster. Yeah. Wasn't he a lottery pick? Mm, no, no, no. One of the Plumley brothers was, or was that just it was, the... it was definitely him. Yeah, because I know Cody Zeller was the out of the Zeller bros. And no, no, Mason Plumley was definitely the highest drafted, but he was only 22nd overall. Because I know either way, Bull Bull. Oh my god. Bull Bull. I was never a fanboy of Bull Bull ever. I never was one of those people who was like, Bull Bull just needs a chance. Oh, you didn't make a – that's not – you're not Bull World on Twitter? No, no, oh, sadly. Shit. I also think Bull World's so funny. That guy is so cringe, but it makes me laugh half the time. The best is that Bull Bull tweeted at him, stop, stop doing this for lols, and then blocked him. And he was like – his heart was broken, and then he tweeted, I think Bull Bull – I think I've realized that Bull Bull is never going to be an okay player. But now he must be happy because Bull Bull, he's still obviously – there are parts of his defensive game that he still has, you know, he's still getting muscled through, but the guy's a rim protector and they're using him more as a wing power forward. And on offense, no matter what, he's still finishing through contact or, or drawing contact. There's multiple times where he euros or attacks the rim and he just puts his body up into someone and does, I, he looks like me, but at seven foot, whatever he is, playing basketball because sometimes i move that awkwardly doing my moves to the rim because he'll do these moves to the rim like me where it looks so unorthodox and super unathletic and elegant and then just make it and you're just like how and he does it. And he draws contact and does it through and it's working and he's, he's just blocking stuff the thing is the best part about bobo is he's made mo bamba who they just paid to irrelevant well i don't like that I, i'm rooting for mo bamba but yeah Bobo looks nice. He's over two block, two point three blocks game, something like that. Protecting the rim, nice. He's moving in transition like a point guard. Yeah, he he contorts his body nicely. These guys are just too they're too small. They're too small for him. So even though he's listed as a small forward, I see him doing most of his damage down below in the paint. And it's funny because I feel like they don't even like he's so tall that especially if it's like a bounce pass, like a bounce pass in the paint, like it's never. Right, it's never like perfectly where it should be because he's so tall that he'll like you know have to move a little bit and he'll still go up and he'll still get the the dunk or he'll still get the layup. So it's been really cool to see Bobo do this. I had to poop poop him. I had to scoop him up in fantasy last week, so I'm pleased with the results right now. I, yeah. I'm glad to see the the Bobo bust is is no longer a point of topic conversation. Yeah, and crazy part is, is he only played 710 combined minutes coming into this season, and that's combining college, G League, and the NBA total before this <laughs> year. 
<laughs> and he's in four years. He only played 710 minutes. I think I played more than that in four, the last four years. But let's move on and let's talk to the next guy, and that is Benedict Matherin. Yeah. Hype. I don't think he'll win rookie of the year, but I think he'll be right there. Is I'm happy for Indiana. I'm happy for him because if this draft didn't if this pick didn't stick, I mean it puts him in a in a much it's just unideal. I guess you still got Halley, you still got your your boys down below, but it's been really cool. Benedict, I love his confidence. It almost reminds me of Jalen Green. And you know, he knows he knows he's good. So I was gonna say Benedict. I think Benedict, uh, not to cut you off right here, but I think Benedict's like swagger, you know what it reminds me of? Tyrese Halliburton. And the ironic thing is that they're teammates. You remember when Tyrese got drafted, people were like, oh, he's kind of like a Sean Livingston with a jump shot. He's an okay player. He's not going to be anything. And then Tyrese just broke out the gate, shocked everybody. And ironically enough, they're teammates. And I think Tyrese is instilling this belief. You know, it's just instilling this belief in Matherin, who's averaging over 30 points per 100 possessions. And it's obviously we knew he had NBA athleticism, but it's the the dog in him. He has that dog, like you said, Jalen Green, Anthony Edwards, that this – I still believe that. Like, I have faith that Matherin's going to be a good, like a 20-point score, but I still – as long as he's on the pace, I really think this is Tyrese's team. And unless yeah. Benedict goes, like, bananas – and becomes this generational talent. Yeah, he'd have to start distributing at a higher level. His playing defense is cool. Yeah, but he still has lapses there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But he's right now the front runner for uh, Nah, Paulo Bancaro and Benedict Mathurin. Yeah, Bancaro is like walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I realized it as I said it. As it left my mouth, I was like, oh. Can I grab that? Can I grab that back and like throw it back in my mouth? But no, yeah. I definitely think Benedict Matherin is in second place behind Paulo Bancaro. You would agree? I I think so. I know he's dropped a little bit in efficiency and production, but so has Jalen Ivey. Yeah, I was about to say that. That's what I was so. about to argue. The other guys who were he was competing with have also dropped down. But I also think part of Benedict Matherin's fault in dropping efficiency is that Miles Turner and Buddy Heels have been playing more. Um, but Miles Turner's only played two games, but yeah. I know the last but the last two games, you know, it seems like they've been playing the vets more. But let's yeah, move they're, on. They're trying to they're trying to get those two first. Yeah, they are. They are they are <laughs> they're trying to show that value. Let's I made one of my first videos that popped off like a, two years ago, I believe it was, was a DSJ when he signed with Detroit. No, he got traded to Detroit Pistons. And that video I posted it, and someone copied my thumbnail like two hours later. And I saw it. It was like one well, first time I ever saw someone copy me. And because the video got like 10,000 views in like the first couple hours. But Dennis Smith Jr. was one of my favorite players coming out of NC State. And the reason why was that I love Dennis Smith's junior story so much that I thought Dennis Smith Jr. was going to be, you know, the next coming of like a Chris Paul because Chris Paul came out of, I think, Wake Forest. Correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. And, and if you guys know, Wake Forest is in North Carolina, right? And mm-hmm. 
And I, I just like this like connection that Chris Paul's six one and people forget he was this hyper athletic, similar to Dennis Smith Jr., like blew people away. So I always would play with Dennis Smith Jr. and have him be the score guy and then always have him like transition into the passer in 2K. And everyone knows what ended up happening was Luca came and Luca's a ball dominant player. Dennis is also a ball dominant player. And then he was sent to New York where New York, it wasn't a good fit for him. And his, his confidence was murdered by Rick Carlisle, who just, if you've read the story, Rick Carlisle belittled him and he almost humiliated and embarrassed him in front of Luca, who he considered his best friend and the rest of the Dallas Mavericks organization. And then he goes to the Knicks, Tom Thibodeau. And I believe was it, who was the coach? Was it, Jeff Hornacek or Derek Fisher was there. I forgot it. I think it was Tom Thibodeau and somebody else might've been Tom Thibodeau the whole time. Didn't help defensive minded coach. And the other, it was all triangle. I believe didn't work out. I think triangle, I might be wrong about the triangle, but whatever. New York didn't work out. Goes to Detroit. There's flashes. Doesn't get re-signed. Goes to Portland. Again, flashes. Doesn't get re-signed. Now, Lamelo gets hurt. James Booknight, Miles Bridges, Montrez Harold, all that shenanigan. Team never goes, gets a point guard. Their only guard besides Lamelo is Terry Rozier. Like they say right here, lo and behold, Dennis Smith Jr., I know I, he's not, I'm not going to say sit here just being a starting point guard, but at the very least, he looks like he can be a high level backup point guard and easily a spot starter for any of the teams in the next coming years. And I think he's someone that people are definitely overlooking. I mean, right now what the kid through six games is averaging 11.8 points, shooting 53.8% from three on like 2.5 yeah. attempts a night, six assists, four rebounds, two steals, half a block, 12 points a night. Yeah. Maybe not might not become the, the 20, 25 point score we thought he was, but I think he could be a really, a guy who could develop into a six, you know, six, Six man of the year. He's still very, very young, entering his prime here. Shout out to everybody in the AMP. We got more people listening on the AMP we made last week than the show we've been doing for eight straight months, which is cool. Uh, I love DSJ. He was – I first, like, my senior year of high school in 2017, that was the year where, like, I was checked out of high school, and so I would just watch highlights in class. So it was – it was Markel Fultz and DSJ. They like ran my life for a couple of months at the end of the college season. So I was so big on Dennis Smith Jr. when he first got into the league. It looks like Portland should have brought him back. I feel like they definitely could be using him right now. And it's really cool to see DSJ. I feel like, as you said, he got it was just kind of a tough situation in Dallas and New York. You know, Detroit's just in a different direction. And um, yeah, I think Portland probably should have maybe done a reval, but. It all works out. He's, he's hooping in Charlotte. It's perfect. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely interesting as out how it's all turned, but I'm so glad that it's working out because for me, I think it's going to be great. Now let's move over to the next guy, Santiago Adama. We spent a lot of talking about him. And listen to this line. Enter Santiago Adama, who hardly played a year ago after being drafted with a 30th pick out of Loyola, Maryland. If you guys watch this show, you guys know I've been hyping Not up Santiago. Yeah, not the good loyal, the one in the Patriot League. And I have told you guys since, if you guys follow my channel, since 2019, 2020, that Santi Aldama was going to be a great basketball player. It was arguably the first player pinned to my Twitter, knew he was going to be a great player. And we've been talking a lot on this show. And he had a great summer league, had a good 
G League last year, had a great preseason. And through the first couple games of the season, he's averaging – I know he's had some games that were hit and miss, but for the most part, he's averaging 10.8 points, shooting 47% from the field, 26% from three. But he's had two games where he shot three for eight and two for four. And he's averaging six rebounds, one assist, one steal, and 1.2 blocks per game. And obviously, he'll probably move back to the bench – for when Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back, but Kyle Anderson being gone, he'll take those Kyle Anderson minutes. And there's always been a problem for when they go into the playoffs or against certain teams when they play Jaron Jackson Jr. They never actually had a guy who was the right type of four for this team. Now they have that. So Steven Adams is going to still be the starter, but when they play certain teams that space ball or in the playoffs that they have to sit Steven Adams like they have in the past. And instead of putting Brandon Clark out there who doesn't space the floor, they can now go Aldama and Jackson, which will allow them to keep Desmond and either John Conchar, Dylan Brooks, Zaire Williams, and John Morant out there on the floor and take advantage of that spacing and, and the versatility of that lineup because Aldama and Jackson can switch continuously. You thoughts? Yeah, I don't know what more I can really add from that. Memphis continues to do a great job at scouting. They really do. They really do. And also, everyone who's listening on Amazon AMP or Spotify or whatever, we do have a YouTube show. So just type in the NBA show, Sale Elstro. Whoa, somebody chatted. As a Nets fan, I'll always have a soft spot for Money Mace. Money Mace, who's Money Mace stand for? Uh, Mason Mason Plumley. Yeah, dude, Mason Plumley's the GOAT. And my girlfriend loves him. But yeah, check us out on YouTube or Twitter, Zero Sale and Jackson Elstro. That's not my Twitter, but it's all good. Gelstro, but you know, just Google him. Yeah, yeah. Just find zeros. <laughs> yeah, it'll lead to it'll lead to Jackson. <laughs> but let's go on, let's hurry through this list. Jalen Noel. He was he's the guy's sixth on the team in minutes and Right now, they can't lock down a contract extension with him. It's a bit of a situation, but it's seeming like he may, he may stay, but he's looking like he's going to get paid. This guy is playing like a stud, and I thought Malik Beasley was going to become our sixth man, but Jalen Noel, even since last year, where he averaged eight and a half points, and the year before that, nine, the guy's always shown he can put buckets. Right now, playing only 19, about 20 minutes a night through seven games, he's average, and his three-point shot isn't falling. He's shooting 41.1% from the field, the 26.5 from three, 4.1 rebounds, 2.1 assists, about a steal game with 13 points a night. Comes out, quick sushi, chopping it up. I thought that someone, someone would – that's not racist, right? What? I don't know. I feel like – not only be if like the guy was Asian, right? Yeah. Okay. No, because wasn't it Jeremy Lin that some guy said he was cooking with oil and people were? I think he said cooking with peanut oil. I think he specified. Wow. Oh yeah, the specifications yeah. a little. Yeah. yeah. You because I always say cooking with gas. That's not a problem. But I think if you say mm. cooking with peanut oil, that was that, <laughs> that was bad. That's caught crossing the line. Jeez. I just wanted to make sure. I I had no ill intent by that if someone find out found out that's also i don't think it was i don't think it was yeah but Jalen noel have you seen him yeah you like him he was over last night we were watching some film and you i love Jalen noel malik beasley's not on the team anymore but i get what you mean Jalen noel dude wolves fans are so hyped on this kid for a good reason i love my boys out washington as well and he's kind of that i mean maybe we'll talk a little mini tonight but 
he's he's like a vital bench piece for all the bench pieces they lost. So, hey, Swaggy Peak Games, the P stands for good at fishing. That new cod, baby, we gotta run that up. You love Ooh, it. Wee. I do love Call of Duty. I've only, I only played it for an hour last night. I loved it. Devin Vassell, thoughts? Devin Vassell's a walking bucket. Dude, they won last night without Devin Vassell. But this man, no, this man's a bucket, dude. I was very – I kind of first came to know him last season towards the end of it when he was – I mean, he was giving me like 15 and 6 every single night. And Florida State boy – I love Devin Vassell, and I think being on San Antonio right now, I think it's perfect, and uh, he's doing a little bit of everything. So I love him, man. I, I'm very big on Devin Vassell. Swaggy, we are the hosts. We need a girl with big boobs. Bosoms. But, no, I mean, I, we are the hosts, Swaggy, so if anything, <laughs> we're just going to – we're going to add more Ooh. bodies. Like, when, hey, when you're scheduled, make sure you schedule. I already enrolled in my classes. I'll be good for the rest of the year. You should schedule your classes. I also, I'm done. You're done? That's why he's done in the winter. Also, buddy, I think your headphones are connected. Me? Yeah, your headphone microphone is connected. Yeah, it's you today. But Devin Vassell, yeah. Mean? Go to your audio inputs on yeah. on StreamYard. And MacBook Air mic. Is it on your MacBook Air mic? I don't have a mic. Oh, okay. What are you on right now? I'm on some shit, my G. Did you just switch the MacBook Air? No. What are you on? External microphone. Switch to your MacBook Air microphone. MacBook Air microphone. Speaking. So much better. So oh much. Damn, that's shitty. Fuck. Why? It wasn't bad. It's just when he started swaying, I would hear like the your microphone. Oh, that's yeah, it's mine driving crazy. Yeah, is that what you yeah. go through? Okay, yes. Whatever. Okay, whatever. <laughs> we need a Joy Taylor. Yeah, we need a Joy Taylor. Let's let's head up one of those overtime girls that I hate so much. I, I just couldn't <laughs> that are always just like, what do you guys think about John ja Morant? And it's just like but either way, are these the tits? Yeah, those are my tits. Oh. <laughs> those are my. But okay, the 11th pick in the 2020 draft, Devin Vassell spent his first two seasons being a low usage guy, and then boom, they have force fed him a more prominent role. The guy's averaging almost 30 points per 100 possessions. Notably, he's done this with no loss of efficiency. The guy's a 3 and D stud, looking like the perfect counterpart to Keldon Johnson. And Swaggy, yes. Oh, what's up, Jalen Johnson? But Swaggy, I did shave. Uh, I was <laughs> Paul. Walker. I, I was Paul Walker this weekend. I shaved. Is it well, the but, same thing? <laughs> uh, I mean, my beard's already back. Like I grow yeah, beard. Right? Pretty, like I already have facial hair again. But yeah. Hey, we'll talk about more Philly stuff on the dude. That's later so the show. funny. I'm glad but, he enjoys it. Fuck yeah. But yeah, guys, we'll talk more Philly stuff once we get to it. But it's going to be like Fire Doc Rivers. But. <laughs> yeah. If you're watching on AMP, YouTube, or anywhere, subscribe to the show for more content. And let's talk about the last two guys, Terrence Davis. Hey, people forget, this guy bettered on himself, told teams not to draft him in the second round, went, made the Toronto Raptors roster, got a guaranteed run. And then he's, he's only 25, but he can shoot, finish in transition, punch above his weight as a rebounder, and can play some defense. And the sad part is he only played 536 minutes last year. Terrence Davis for the Sacramento Kings is a stud. 
he's making only four million dollars. And I think so far, Terrence Davis is a guy who is really nice for this team. And he, people aren't really noticing him due to the fact that he plays for the Kings, but he's averaging so far through you know five games. He's only playing 14 minutes a night, six and a half points. 42.3% from the field, 31% from three, two rebounds, an assist a game, one steal a night. And I think he's going to start playing more and more minutes, especially with the team now abandoning the Casey Okapala experiment they were doing. Yeah, and, and I still think the minutes are a little scarce. I know he played five against the Heat, but I think he'll come back. Thoughts? Yeah, I love Terrence Davis. I mean, he's a – keep in mind, he's a 20-point per game per 36 scorer in his career. So, I think he just needs an opportunity. I remember him in Toronto very vaguely, and he played a little bit at the end of, of the season last year for Sacramento. I think he's a, I think he's a perfect glue guy. Like, I feel like calling him a budget Josh Hart is disrespectful, but I mean that in a respectful way. So – Wow, you really maybe said he can't that. Distrib- maybe he's not as skilled of a passer, but like you get what I'm saying. Like he's just he's like that Bruce Brown. He's like that Jay Shantae. He's like that Josh Hart that I feel like just hasn't really gotten that ability or that point that opportunity. I think he's the opposite. Terrence Davis is a scoring microwave. I think Terrence Davis is a poor man. Uh, I was gonna say Eric Eric Gordon, but I don't think that's the right comparison. Okay, okay, you're right. I picked my words wrong. How like I just mean as a glue guy. Like a bench player on a championship team. He's a microwave glue guy. He's a guy who's got a little bit that can do a bit of everything. I'm trying to think of a a team in the recent past. Maybe a bit of a Cameron Payne, but at a different position as more of a wing player than that. Like Cameron Payne can have a good scoring night, but he's a guy who does a little bit of everything for the Suns. Or kind of like a... (laughs) I don't like that. I don't think we have a... uh... Okay, let's move on. Got a good comparison. <laughs> yeah, I know. Let's wrap this up. We had a guy J-R-E. who commented J-R-E. that he always watches the show. He, I love JRE. He was one of my favorite players coming into the draft. And people, you don't know, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. He had a good year last year. He's actually a center. Oh, he's a six foot eight center. And he played at the University of Villanova. So you know he's a smart motherfucker. And I didn't mean to cuss, but I just needed to hand the home the point that this guy. So, yes, he's only playing 16 and a half minutes compared to last year where he was playing 22. But right now he's averaging six and a half points compared to last year, seven and a half, shooting 48% from the field, 47% from three, three and a half rebounds, an assist a game, a steal a game, and about the same, a little under half a block a game. And this is a guy who comes in, grabs boards, imposes his thick boy body. And he's from KC Mo. Yeah, buddy. He's a Kansas boy. He went to high school with a few of my my classmates at Bishop Miage or Bishop Miage, whatever the hell you call it. So I have a bunch of people that in college who were actually Jeremiah Robinson Earl classmates. And they all told me, hey, Jeremiah Robinson Earl is this like really good basketball player. He goes to Nova when I when they found out about my YouTube channel. I was always told about this guy. And he's an undersized six foot eight, six foot nine big man. But as a second round pick on a team that currently has, I think, a top 15 defensive rating, Jeremiah Robinson Earl is like the perfect modern day backup center. Those small ball fives. It's like a mix I, of a go. Yeah, I love him, dude. I remember us talking about him before the season, being a little worried that they're not going to give him another run. That's what I was saying. It's kind of already came true, but I think they chose Jeremiah Robinson Earl over Isaiah Roby. Similar players, yeah, similar, yeah. similar vibes. And I've said this before. I think Jeremiah Robinson Earl is a mixture of like a PJ Tucker and a Marquise slash Marcus Morris. 
But I think that's good. That's like you just smush them together, those type of guys. <laughs> and that's what you got. You got Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Okay, that was a 30-minute segment that I did not mean to talk about that fucking long. But let's go on. Okay. Shade on Sharp. Shade and Sharp. God fucking damn. I hate when people do that. Now the man that everybody's been waiting to talk about, the guy who's been playing phenomenal. And ooh, what is your thoughts on Shaden? I honestly, first off, people, people, look, this guy is an athletic specimen. And I said, I think Anthony Edwards is one of the top athletes in the NBA. People, I, I don't know if this is me being biased, but or people being biased against Anthony Edwards. I know, I think Shaden Sharp's more of a finesse athlete who does have Jordan athleticism. Anthony Edwards has Jordan athleticism, but he's more of a power athlete. Two different types of athleticism. Like Jalen Green's a finesse athlete. There's yeah. power athletes and they're finesse athletes. This is just, I don't know if this is a scientific thing. That's just from my self observation. I see that there's two types of athleticism that you can be an elite athlete, but I'm pretty sure metric wise, Anthony Edwards, besides his vertical, I think was better tested better than Shaden. And I don't know if Shaden really tested it. I think he might've sat out most of the stuff. I don't know. So there's going to be someone who sees this who will comment this. So please comment that Shaden Sharp is arguably in third place behind Paulo Bancaro and him, he's probably t- yeah he's in the right top now. 10 though okay <laughs> so Shaden Sharp Jabari Smith Jaden Ivey Paulo Bancaro and Benedict Matherin have been my top rookies so far yeah. and Shaden Sharp over the last two games he put up 15 then 14 he's averaging 14 and a half in the last two games and the guys for the season in 18 and a half minutes a night mainly off the bench is averaging nine and a half points 50 percent from the field 43 percent from three three rebounds assist a night and about half a steal half a block a game and this is a kid who did not play any college ball just worked out with the team graduate was in high school technically last year he's six foot six with a near seven foot wingspan from london canada eh? and the thing is is this is a kid that was a five-star consensus recruit, uh, a man who nobody knew about until he went to the the peach the peach circuit or whatever it was, and was previously unranked, and he had a huge come out party at the Nike Elite Youth Basketball League, and there was a bunch of people skeptical about him. He skipped college, and he got hurt in under six minutes of play after suffering a, a small labral tear in his left shoulder and missed the whole summer league comes in and has been a key factor off the bench. And now I think, didn't he start the other game? Yeah. And so I thought he was going to, and we said this, we thought he was a trade piece. We were like, why we gave the Portland trailblazers the, the credit because we said this, he's either going to be part of the future for Anthony Simons and sharp to be that duo. Once they move on from Dame, if that happens in the near future. But we also said that if they wanted to make a big boy trade, Sharp was the perfect, the perfect trade piece because you could dangle him. But now, if they trade this man, there are going to be riots in the streets of Portland and in Eugene, Oregon, and wherever else, Tri-City area. I don't even know what other cities, Salem, okay? Shade and Sharp is part of the team's future, and it's exciting. What is your thoughts? They're they're definitely not trading him anymore. I like, uh, yeah, that that uh, seventh pick and who 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 was in that for? Might have been just the seventh pick for OG and Obi, whoever the contract guy was. I'm glad they didn't do that, dude. Shaden, like, you can literally throw this guy the ball anywhere when he's cutting, and he'll find it and just throw that shit down. So, uh, he's one phenomenal athletic freak. We knew he was an athletic freak when we were watching him before the draft, and 
he did have some bust potential just solely whether it was like a mix of injuries or just not seeing him play at the college level. But I think people eventually began to come around looking at all these greats that didn't play in college and they saw him play in high school and they were like, Oh, okay. I think, I think we're going to be all set. I mean, he, he's like a future piece. He's, he's post, we're talking post Dame here, him and Simons. I mean, that's one hell of a duo as far as potential goes. I'm loving Shaden Sharp right now. I think he's, we're seeing an increase in minutes. He is a much skilled, he's a very skilled passer. He's shooting the ball over 40%, which people weren't anticipating out of the gate. He's just in the right place at the right time. I like how he moves without the ball. And even it's just like even really small stuff, like it's hard to communicate this, but there have been a lot of plays in these games where he'll be on the wing, the ball will be in the paint, and there will be a guy guarding the perimeter, and he'll just slowly squeak more to the left, like just a foot or two to the left, makes that angle of attack, makes that closeout less efficient. And so it's just like – it's just these small IQ things where he's finding the places he's got to be on the court. He's cutting when he needs to cut solid on both ends. Like uh, this is a guy who I'm imagining by the end of the season will be a vital piece to the Portland 50 win team. No, I agree. I mean, he jumps out of the damn gym. It's unreal. (laughs) And no, so yeah, let's up. I think this other crazy part is that if I just that it's the ball handling, his ability to kickstart transition, and just him looking like a guy who's ready for the NBA. I'm not saying he's gonna be a superstar by the end of the season, but he's gonna make the jump, mm-hmm. you know, before the end of the contract. He's a guy who the IQ is off the chart. The way he sees the court and the floor, it's almost like he because he used to be a point guard. So when he gets the ball, he's looking everywhere and the way he processes the court, knowing, okay, even if I don't have the ball, I know how to move without the ball in transition into the passing lanes or into the slashing lanes so I can get the ball and finish a play. It's a lot of the reason why he's having this success is I think also is the, the high IQ. You can clearly tell this is a guy who sees the game, feels the game, the instincts that aren't something you can teach that is naturally you are born with and literally every touch time he touches the ball i feel like he makes a decision in half a second but at the same time he's always looking stop, stop calling me Fucker. so yeah yeah we got right. we're about it so yeah no i i get it i i completely understand and like I think it's definitely something interesting as hell. Any final thoughts? Chade is sharp superstar. He is a superstar. He's going to be a great player. So let's move on to Luca. Luca dropped a huge banger of a night. And what are your thoughts of that? And he's doing something that only Michael Jordan has done. The honest is better. No, Luca's a dog. Are we talking any bucks today? We can. I'm just saying, I mean, the undefeated. And then Giannis had four points at halftime the other day against the Atlanta Hawks. He finished by 34. I'm just saying. But, yeah, Luca is a, Luca's a dog. We know Luca's a dog. I don't know what really is new. He's MVP candidate. Um, I still have so many concerns for Dallas, but I don't want to keep – Insert analogy. 
and uh, beaten off the leg. That's wrong. What is it? Beat. What? Have you? Okay, first off, let me tell you what Luca is doing right now. So he's the first player since Michael Jordan to start the first six games of a season with with at least 30 points. And Michael Jordan's the last player to do it since 86, 87. The other players are like Will Chamberlain, Oscar Robinson, and Jack Twineman. And one other player I'm missing. I freaking – I'm forgetting the other player, but it, the mm-hmm. long – no, but the longest streak of 30-point games is by Wilt Chamberlain, which he did it 24 games straight. So if Luka Doncic goes 24 games straight with 30-plus points, you know, it's it's going to be unreal. It's going to be unreal if that's possible. So mm-hmm. I think it's definitely something that could help. And, yeah, I want to hear your thoughts. Well, I mean, I love Luka. I, they're 3-3. Three and three. I know they started slow last season. I mean, Luca's winning them games. He won the next Nets game. He's just winning them games. I mean, Luca's a G. He's a Hall of Famer. He's going to win a couple MVPs. He'll definitely have the opportunity to win a championship at some point in his career. So, yeah, Luca's doing his thing. I love watching it. I know people don't really like watching it, but like him and Harden, you know, there's like knocks with them. But I like I like watching his methodical, crafty skill set creative skill set yeah no it's it's really fun to watch and obviously i don't think 20 yeah i mean mike posing at 24 games yeah you think it'd be more because it's will chamberlain but so the thing is with this is that luka Doncic is a phenomenal player i just get scared that this is awesome and all but is it sustainable for the long term and is it even beneficial because it's going to drain him come playoff time it's not beneficial at all they're missing Jalen, man. They're missing Jalen. Shooter, shooter. He hasn't even played for Lakers yet, but that would have been a great get. Jaden Hardy just got assigned to the G League too. Yeah, so, so I mean, it is that. That's a really good point. I mean, he's just it's kind of like playoff Luca right now, where he's just kind of doing everything. Hopefully, he doesn't come back to bite him. I'm not too worried. We're six games in. So, I, I'm not even hitting the panic button for Dallas. I mean, I think you got to wait at least 20 games for to really evaluate a team. No, I, I completely understand. And I just think it's an interesting part when you look at the, this whole entire situation with Luka. It's, he's doing this, not, A, obviously, because he can, but B, out of necessity. If he weren't playing like this, they would be like 0-6. Let's be honest. So hopefully they figure something out so it doesn't keep draining our man. But let's move on to another guy. And we'll talk about a man. He's starting to figure it out. The percentages are still not nice, but I think he's playing well. And he's starting to put it all together. Also, officially, Ben Simmons is out tonight. So we won't see any of him. But this man is playing – I think he's probably playing as one of the top five best players in the world right now in a way wow. at times. Trey Young, he the stats are starting to even themselves out, but through six games he's averaging 35.5 minutes a night, 31.5 points, 41% from the field, 33.3% from three, four rebounds a game, almost 9.7 assists, barely under 10, about half a steal a night and 0.2 blocks. The last three games he's had 35 – 36 and 42 points. It has been 
ice tray. And you know, it's brisk outside. Yeah, it's been cool to watch. He's finally heating up. We knew it was a matter of time. He almost brought him he brought him back in the Bucks game and almost won him the game. It's it's a scary, a scary thought, man. He's so crafty. He can finish with his left. He can pull it from the logo, get his teammates involved. I think it looks like things are are starting to click for, for Atlanta right now. So Ice Trey, sneaky MVP guy. Probably won't win it because of DJ, but I love Ice Trey. Muted. So Ice Trey has been phenomenal in the last couple games. I know the assists have been down, but it's really the result of all this is that they're figuring out how the combination of DeJounte Murray and Trey Young works with DeJounte being more the last it kind of like it's interesting to see how it works because the last three games DeJounte he's also had great scoring nights but you can kind of see that DeJounte is more not is being more of the running mate and instead of the first couple games whereas they were giving gives and takes they're just like okay this is Trey's team. DeJounte find a way to make it work. And then DeJounte really takes over whenever Trey needs a breather. Because Trey's actually the last couple of games, 38 minutes, 30 minutes, and 36. So he's actually playing less, you know, less than he has in the past at times. So it'll be we're interesting to see how they manage these minutes. Anything else? Word? Okay. Fuck you. Fuck you. Now Let's talk about two teams that I have found interesting myself. These are two teams that people were like, they're going to be the worst. They weren't going to be anything. And honestly, these teams are giving my, they're blessing my channel with 10K a video. They are, they are, they are. Both of these teams have been very nice. And interestingly enough, I'm trying to see if I can find a picture of these two teams together but every picture i do find of them they're okay here this is what this this is how it will make it work it'll be the old utah jazz logo this is what you're getting this is like a like you're streaming the game yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so (laughs) the utah jazz and the san antonio spurs are not taking the san antonio spurs i don't care what i mean i think if i was a betting man if I had to put money on it, I think the San Antonio Spurs are more likely to be a play-in team than a playoff team If out of these two. And the San Antonio Spurs are the type of team to be a play-in team and still be in the lot, like lose out of the play-in and like make it in the play-in and then lose like either in the first or second game and then get in the lottery still because they're a play-in team and then win the lottery with like the least – with the lowest odds. That would be the most Spurs thing ever. Don't you agree? Make the play-in, lose in the second play-in game, have the lowest odds out of all other teams – and they win the lottery and just be like. <laughs> but the Utah Jazz is straight up. They're not taking this team. Danny Ainge has came out and said, we're not tanking. This was never the plan. And yeah, he was too old for a full-scale rebuild. And I personally think this is a great job, what they're doing so far with everything that's going on, that the Utah Jazz is in. The Spurs look great. Josh Richardson, Jakob Pertle, Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, Trey Jones, and the rest of the guys, they look solid. While the Utah Jazz, they have 
Jordan Clarkson and Lowry Markin and Kelly Olenek, Jared Vanderbilt. All right. Sadly, Yudoka Azubuki and Leandro Lalamaro seem to be have given up on. But it's it's definitely going to be interesting as all hell. And I want to hear your thoughts. What what are your thoughts of both of these teams? And why do you think they're having success? I think it's just good coaching and guys who wanted to play basketball and weren't weren't believing that their teams were as bad as the media had made them seem. Yeah, they're both hungry teams. They're both really well coached. San Antonio won yesterday without, what was it, Facel, Sohan, and Richardson. They took down the Minnesota Timberwolves. They out-rebounded the Minnesota Timberwolves, and they made Cat look like a fool after the first quarter once they made their adjustments. Jacoperto demonstrating his defensive value. It's going to be interesting to see how both these teams play out because they have these veterans. I think it's important to establish winning cultures. So it's going to be interesting, man. You know, Connolly, Rudy Gay, I think Beasley's sticking pretty well with this team. You know, with with Dougie went off last night. Jakoperto looks great. Richardson's been great. It's going to be interesting to see how they – like, aren't they both? They're both five and two, to my understanding. So it's going to be interesting to see how the season progresses for them up to the trade deadline, see what they decide to do. But, you know, I'm loving it both sides. It's just team basketball, man. It's it's really cool to see. Spurs, I think, are a little bit more team oriented because you got Laurie, the all star, hooping it out. Clarkson, they're both playing great team basketball. So. I'm I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued. We'll see what happens. Yeah, no, I definitely think it's interesting as all hell. And I think this is a team that I wonder, like Will Hardy and Greg Popovich. Will Hardy is a former Greg Popovich, you know, staffer. So I think it's mm-hmm. definitely going to be interesting as all hell. When do you think, which team do you expect to fall off first? Tell me why. Huh. Yeah, it's tough. I'm going to go with Utah just because I think they're a little bit more raw. I don't think either team's going to fall off like they were anticipated or expected to fall off. Like the Spurs, I mean, Keldon looks amazing. Vassell looks amazing. Pirtle looks amazing. But so does Lordy. So does Clarkson. So does, like, I don't know. This is such a tough question, dude. I don't even really – I hope neither team falls off. But I guess I'd go Utah, which feels shitty to say. I mean, teams are going to start – teams are going to st- start scouting them much harder now. And I got a stupid-ass comment the other day from the Jazz. You're like, do you really think anybody's scouting the Utah Jazz? I'm like, are NBA teams scouting their opponents? I would hope so. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Kelly O's hooping his ass off. It's just cool. Yeah. I hope I, neither. I just think it just comes down because Will Hardy comes from the same school of thought of, of Greg Popovich with Will Hardy being a disciple of the Greg Popovich coaching tree. This is part of the reason why both the Utah Jazz and San Antonio Spurs are two teams that aren't tanking. Okay. They're trying to play well. They're a team that has the ability to, you know, maybe be a lot better and even push for the play-in if they continue to play like this for the entirety of a season. So I think it's definitely something that it will take time. Dude, even with the Spurs, last night we saw Brownham, but we've been seeing a little bit more Blake Wesley the last few games, and they're making impacts. Even guys like Romeo Langford, 
Romeo Langford actually, yeah, his shot wasn't falling, but that guy looked like a glue guy. Romeo Langford could be the next Jay Sean Tate. He's great at cutting. He's just great off ball. He's solid on defense. Yeah, a lot of these guys who were hoopers, who were scorers in college, and they don't start to make it in the NBA, I think they've started to realize, hey, if I if I was like Romeo Lanford was a 16, 17 points per game guy in college, comes over here, hasn't really had much success in the NBA, and I think he just noticed, hey, maybe I'm not a scorer. And right now it seems like he's a guy who could be a glue guy who isn't a terrible shooter, but he can score points, will mainly focus at cutting, you know, running the floor doing all the things that show, don't show up on the stat sheet or aren't, isn't the most glorious. So I think that's something that people are overlooking. I'm trying to fact check it right now. I believe Romeo Langford dropped 44 back-to-back 40s in the college in the, in March madness for Indiana. I yeah, could be mistaken him with the other Celtic guy, but did not know Eric Gordon was a Hoosier. Eric Gordon. Yeah, he went. He was in. He went to Indiana University and Holy Illinois. Shit. Yeah, and Illinois. Yeah, so he went to. Where's he from? I uh, he's from Indianapolis. He, Eric Gordon. Wow. He played at only Indiana, but he technically went to Illinois first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he attended Illinois, and wait, wait, no, no, he attended Indiana, but he originally. Went to Illinois and had a letter of intent, but something about academic clearinghouse issues. He did not play for the Illy and then enrolled at San Diego State. And then, yeah, weird, weird. I don't, but let's move on and let's play a game. Let's cue the music. Okay. Do you guys know what time it is? It's a fun time. We're playing a game that people seem to like. Okay. Change the music. You ready? You ready to lose today? Nah, dude, I'm I'm on the heater right now. Jackson's been on a five or a four-game win streak. And as you guys know, we have the music queued. People are listening on Amazon Amp. You might not be able to hear the music. I'll put a little headphone right there so you can get it. I just want the beat to drop. And you guys know what time it is. Three. Hey, hurdle time. Let's get it. Uh, It's going to be a fun one. And... Yeah, I think it'd definitely be cool. So let's go. Purtle, let's see the shadow silhouette. This is how we wrap up every show. We play – oh. Chris Paul. I call, yeah, uh, that, if that's Chris Paul, that nobody won that. We both said it. Like, ah. Oh! oh! It's not Chris Paul. Dude, that's that's Cliff Paul. Right? They're lying to us. That's Chris Paul, dude. That's Chris fucking Paul. That's a fucking no, Chris I know Paul's head. Okay. I don't know who that is. Right. One second. So, dude, I know exactly who that fucker is. So, I'm going to sit here, take my time. Take my time. So, he's in the West Coast Pacific, which means it's the Clippers, Lakers, Suns, Kings, and the Pelic- the Rockets. Right? Somebody weird. Oh, my God. I don't know. He's not a guard. He's not a guard. But he's in the I know it is. I don't know who it is. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Nope. I'm not gonna type it then. It's a guard, fucker. He's on the Lakers. <laughs> Wait, hold up. I already know who it is. That's uh 
Who's that? What's that wings? Name? Who's who is it? So right now we've guessed on Purtle. So far, it's a Lakers player who is not a guard. He's taller than six three. He's got old, younger than thirty three. His numbers higher than zero. All right, and he's in the Pacific Division West Western Conference on the Los Angeles Lakers. So, who could this be? Who could this Dude, be? Come I really on. thought that was Josh Hart. That's a that's a good guess. Like Alex Caruso too. <laughs> Is that your guess? Come on, guess. No, it's no, he's on the Bulls. <laughs> um, I know who it is. I know who it is. That's gonna be Austin Reeves. Do 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 do. He said Austin Reeves. Oh no, it's not Austin Reeves. He's old and. So right now, I'm trying to decide between. It's not Thomas Bryant. It's not Damian Jones. I don't think it's oh, yeah. Matt Ryan. It's not uh, Cole Swider. It's not Scott. It's Scotty P. So that means it's either Wayne and Gabriel or it's Troy Brown Jr. I don't think it's Troy Brown, but that's who my guess was going to be. I know. Yeah, let's go. He's 6'6. Six, six. I know who it is. I know who it is. I know who it is. Can he? I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. All right. Oh fuck! Hmm? I actually hit it. Okay. Matt Ryan. Thank you. Thank you for getting me this. All I right. Cannot be winning Gabriel. It has to be Wayne Gabriel. It cannot be winning. Wayne Gabriel is not under six seven. There's no way. Oh, I forgot about him. God damn it, dude. Want Scott Anderson. You like that psych out? How'd I forget about JTA, dumbass? I was I was fucking saying all the wrong shit on purpose. I Master- couldn't think of a single they don't have too many wings. I couldn't think of a single wing on this goddamn basketball team that is finally winning. And Russell Westbrook could be an all-star. I'll just say it here. I'll say it here. I'll say it here right now. Russell Westbrook could be an all-star. What did you think of today's show? We did we did good. I think we last 30 minutes. We packed a bunch in. That was good. Stupid. What? You mad? What is it? I forgot about JTA. Fucking dumbass. Six five? Or sixes? I only watched the fourth quarter last night. Is that what you blame it on? Stupid. What's the score? Slacking. God got me slacking right now. Fuck. Missed yeah, these West Coast games. You got to pay attention more. All right. No, no, I just can't believe. Oh, you excited for tonight's games? Um, I think I'm gonna watch a World Series first couple innings. Oh, you're you suck. Okay, you're done. The show has ended. If you chose, who's baseball. playing tonight? We got the 76ers and the Wizards and the Kings and Hornets to open up at six. Then at six thirty, we got the Hawks, Raptors, and Pacers, Nets. And Ooh. Ben Simmons is out. Then we got at seven the Pistons versus Bucks, the Grizz, and then at eight we got the Grizzly versus Grizzlies versus the Jazz, and then mm. at nine thirty we have the Rockets versus Clippers. So I'll probably Shit. Wizards beat the Sixers, Hornets mm. beat the Kings, Hawks beat the Raptors. Oh, I, the Hawks Raptors is a toss up because that could go either way. Nets Pacers, maybe the Nets win because Ben Simmons isn't playing. Pistons versus Bucks, we're going Bucks. 
Grizzlies versus Jazz. I'd like to say the the Jazz, but it's probably going to be the Grizzly. And Rockets versus Clippers. Clippers need this win, so Clippers will probably win. Thoughts? Mm. I'm excited for Hawks Raptors. I thought that was Wednesday. So Grizzlies Jazz. Is John out again? Mm, I think I don't know. Even the Clippers look like shit. Our whole take about yeah, Clippers, Clippers do look like shit. They're, they're not, not a good team. No offense at all. There's no. There's nothing on offense. There, there is no chemistry. Nobody is playing ever. It's bad. It's the the defense sucks too. It's. I am gonna. Out. I do have to go film some shit. Mm. Yeah, not fun. I gotta go so, do like cool shit. Yeah, you're lucky. I'm gonna go take care of all that stuff. I hope you guys do enjoy today's show. Be a friend, tell a friend. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, five p.m. to six p.m. Eastern time. That's two to three p.m. West Coast time. Be a friend, tell a friend. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Peace, Jason. Yeah.